0: Hey, thanks so much for choosing the Haven House of Revival Sermon of the Week. We pray that this sermon impacts your heart and it inspires you to change your life and the world around you for God. Please enjoy the message. Well, good morning again. I know I said that earlier, at the very beginning of the service, as we were trying to orient ourselves, but good morning. I am, um, I am nervously excited for this morning, nervously excited, yeah, because the word I get the honor of bringing this morning is not just on my behalf, but it's on behalf of the staff team here at Haven, and um, so I'm going to pray because I want to get my words right this morning, is that okay? All right, Lord, we just thank you for... Oh, we thank you for you, Lord. We thank you for your presence this morning. We thank you for your love, Lord. Your love of all people, no matter the nation, the tribe, the tongue. We thank you for your love for all of us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you show up, Lord, when we worship you and we honor you. We thank you, Lord, specifically in this place, in this community. Lord, you show up every week, and we thank you for that, Father, for your presence in this place. And I just pray a blessing over my words right now, Lord, over my tongue. Would you, Lord, have your way this morning? Would you speak clearly through me, Father? Would I communicate what you want communicated this morning? Nothing more and nothing less, Lord. And would we just hear you this morning? Would everyone hearing this message either now or later, Lord, would they only hear your words to them this morning? Your wonderful, kind words. Yeah, we just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, I got to share on the future of Haven. And um, this is going to catch some of you, or all of you, a lot of you, by surprise. Um, we tricked you the other week. We did. We, um, we fast and we pray every last Sunday of the month. How many people know that? We fast and we pray together as a church. Only three of you, okay. Look, the last Sunday of every month, we fast and we pray together as a church. Okay, now you all know. Okay, great. The the last Saturday through till Sunday morning. And then we have a baptism service and we celebrate and then we have lunch together. And that was last weekend. Right? That was last weekend. Yeah. So we tricked you. This is how we tricked you. We tricked you into fasting and praying for us specifically. Um, Because we have been seeking the Lord for the last month um, on behalf of this family and um, we've been seeking him for direction and refocusing. And that's what we asked you to pray for in Fast for last weekend. Right, Wendy? And he said, like, yeah, okay. And um, it was incredibly important for us to get it right this last weekend and this last month. Because um, there's been a burning on the hearts of the staff here at Haven that it's more than time. And that seems to be the word that the Lord has given everyone this morning. It's like I don't even have to preach my message this morning because it's like every person who's brought a word from pre-service prayer through to Rob has already brought the word. Like, it's time. Like, the Lord is waiting, and it's time. It's time for a shift in our mindsets. It's time for a refocusing. It's time for a remembrance of what we're actually here for. And, and so in our last month, we, we started it by meeting together and, and just praying and just saying, Lord, our hearts are burning for something different. Because, like, Sunday mornings are great. We love you. Like, let me just say that before I say anything else. Like, from the bottom of my heart, we love you. I love you. I'm so thankful for you. My family is so thankful to be in this community in this season and to be honored with the privilege of leading you and being leading with you in this city and in this nation. Because we know that's what Haven's here for this city and the nation. We're here to see revival in this house first and then spread to the city and then to the nation. That's the truth. And so we love you and we're so thankful for this season. But Sunday mornings is not what we're here for. It's not what the staff is here for. We're not here to give you just a Sunday morning, week-to-week encounter with the Lord that you long for every week. That's just not our purpose. We desire so much more for you and your lives. And we believe that the Lord desires more for you and your lives. If Sunday morning is the only time you are in the presence of the Lord, it is not enough. It is not enough. And no matter how deep the worship team goes, no matter how deep the few of us who are willing to pour ourselves out on the altar here go, it's not enough for you. In fact, biblically speaking, I can't give you my oil. I can't. I only have what is for me. And I only have stored up for me. Why? Because oil is personal. Oil is personal. The reason I can get up on stage and worship the way I worship or be willing in front of you all to worship the way that I worship is not because I want to show you something that I'm not. It's because irregardless of what you think of me, the Lord is more important to me. The Lord is more important to me. You know, it, I, I actually, ooh. This morning is kind of like, it's like going to be vision and it's going to be exciting, I promise. But it first needs to be about repentance. Because repentance is how we turn from the wrong way we're going into the right way, okay? And I'm not saying that Haven's been going the wrong way, so let me just clarify that. We're not going the wrong way. We've just been missing some things in our life as a family that the Lord has called us to that we've neglected. And that's what the vision that I get to share is about where we're headed in that. But the repentance part is, oh, Lord, forgive me that I've forgotten my purpose personally. And as I've been studying for this morning to share the exciting vision of where we're going, I've been brought to a place of repentance, of forgetting that I need to store up oil. And that my first priority, it says this in the Gospels, it says, the greatest commandment is this, and it was already said this morning, to love who? The Lord your God, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love, loving the Lord, is the first and foremost, most important thing in anyone's life. And for me, I often, especially in our culture, we love when God moves. We love when he moves. But whether he moves or not, it does not determine my love for God. It cannot It should not, and it cannot. And so, you know, I'm referencing this oil out of Matthew 25. It's our primary objective to be in intimacy with the Lord. You're hearing that word a lot this morning, because all of our staff are tracking on that word, intimacy. Because in this parable about the end times and of the return of the bridegroom, we see that the oil represents intimacy with the Lord. And so, my heart for you this morning is to not feel condemned. But to feel the love and the compassion behind my words for you. And to feel that from our whole staff to you. This city will never change if we don't get ourselves right first. You don't have oil to give to somebody else. It says that in Matthew 25, and we'll get there. You don't have oil to give to somebody else. Actually, you're not even allowed to give it to them. They have to acquire it themselves. I cannot impart to you my oil, my intimacy. It's not for you. You have to get it yourself. So this morning, I'm going to just tell you about where we've been this last month as a staff team, and then... We're going to dive into Matthew 25 a little bit, potentially at some point. I'm just going to let the Lord just speak through me about what's, what's going on. Cool? Okay. I feel like, ooh, it's like, Because there's a weightiness to this reality. And I think that's important because it's, it, it, it's going to be exciting, folks. Like, ooh, folks, that sounded like my dad. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be really exciting. These coming days and months are going to be world-changing. But world-changing doesn't matter if you don't have the oil of intimacy. So we met January, early January as a staff, and we just said, Lord, this this is not what we're here for. We're not just here for great Sunday services, which so, many of them have been so fantastic. We've seen healings. We've seen deliverance. We've seen the Lord moving in power. We've seen salvations. All of that is fantastic. That's all what the church is called to. But Sunday mornings is not enough. This is not the church that the Lord desired and that we see demonstrated for us in the, in the book of Acts. It's not the church that Jesus himself founded with his disciples and modeled for us. They had family. And that's why we're called the House of Revival. And so we met and we just said, Lord, Sundays, like that's not family. That's not enough family. You know, how many people like long for, like if you have a spouse or a significant other or a child, how many people after you not see them for a day long for those people? Yeah, you do. Because you love them. So we, like Sundays, seven days after seven days after seven days, it's not enough in a family right? It's not enough. Okay, so <clears throat> we met, and we just, we just said, Lord, what is our primary focus? So we have these, this vision statement at Haven, okay? It says this, we are, as a, as a house of revival, to be a house of nurturing and preparation for the body to do the work of the kingdom. That's our vision statement. Do you want to say that with me? Okay, here we go. I'll, tr- I'll say it one more time, okay? You listen, because it's important that you know who we are, Okay? It's important. A house, obviously, of nurturing and preparation. Say nurturing and preparation. A house of nurturing and preparation for who? For the body to do the work of the kingdom. Good. Okay, say it with me. A house of nurturing and preparation for the body to do the work of the kingdom. You know that the word haven means harbor safe place. We have this painting in our office area of um, one of the visions we had as a staff. Chris had this vision before he moved out here that we would be a place where ships, literally he saw a vision of a port, a harbor where ships were coming in and going out and we were a safe haven from the wind and the waves. And then literally a year later after moving here, haven was formed out of that vision. So that's who we are. We're a place of nurturing and preparation. And um, our vision statement comes from Ephesians 4, 11 to 12, specifically in the Passion Translation. It says this, And he has appointed some with grace to be apostles, some with grace to be prophets, some with grace to be evangelists, and some with grace to be pastors, and some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. And as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. So obviously you hear our vision statement on the second half, but we're also an apest church, a five-fold ministry church. We believe in prophets, apostles, evangelists, shepherds, teachers, okay? If you want to hear more about that, come talk to one of the staff another time. But just really quickly, we believe in that. So we're, we're, that's who we are as a church. So we gather early January and we just say, Lord refocus us back into that vision. What does that look like practically? Because it's not that we're not seeing that happen on Sundays, but we're not practically living that out more than Sundays. And our staff team is hungry. Let me tell you, we're hungry. Like, feed me, Lord. Like, give me more, 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 more. Let's see more of you move. We're hungry for a move of God in this city That's why most of us moved across the country to be here. We're not here just for Sunday mornings. We're here to see a move of God. Amen? So as we met, the Lord gave us two, um, that was in January, he said our focus needs to start with worship. If you remember our five core values, they're worship, prayer, healing, uh, equipping, and generational blessing. But he told us to focus in on two things, worship and equipping. These are our two primary things. If you want to think about it like this, this is how our staff team described it. Our, we have we are a wheel at Haven that's going to start moving. Okay, We're moving already. But the hub of that wheel where everything starts is going to be worship and equipping. This is going to be the foundation. And the thing, if you don't have that hub that goes onto a little... I can't remember my terminology. I used to work on bikes. But if you don't have a hub that goes on an axle, thank you, okay, and that supports the spokes, which is all of our ministries, okay, then you can't move the wheel. The wheel will just literally crumble, okay? So you have to have the hub and the hub attached to the spokes, okay? That's where the spokes meet the outer wheel, which is where the rubber meets the road. Are you seeing that in your mind's eye? Okay, great. So the hub of what we do at Haven will be worship and equipping. So everything, and that's what we felt from the Lord. Those are our two focuses for right now, that everything we do will come out of that. So as we met again this past week, after a month of praying into this, we just said, so Lord, what does that look like practically? And we just asked the Lord for, for prophetic dreams, visions, and words for, Lord, how do we live this out as a body? And so w- we came to him, and as we gathered this week, we ha- there are two distinct words that I want to share with you that we think are the most important words as we move forward as a team and as a family here at Haven, okay? The first one is um, uh, one of our staff team members heard the word, the word in, up, and out. How many people have heard that before? A few of you. So here's the concept. Jesus lived his life in ministry, first going in with the Father, If you read the Gospels, I have a whole bunch of scripture here. If you read the Gospels, Jesus shows it in every part of his ministry. In fact, before he even starts ministry, he gets baptized in the river with John. And then he immediately gets up and then what? Does he go out and start preaching the Gospel? No. He goes to the desert. For what? 40 days of intimacy. Fasting. So he starts his ministry In intimacy, not in public display. And so there's this call and this display from the Lord, from Jesus himself, his life, to first go in. And every time he does something, if you want to read through the Gospels, like, like here's some passages if you're writing notes, okay? He showed us to do this in Luke 4, Luke 5... Luke 6, Luke 22, Mark 1, Mark 6, Matthew 14, Matthew 26, John 6, Luke 9. All of these passages say something to the effect of, and then Jesus withdrew to a barren place to be alone with the Lord. And every time he performed miracles or did something or had some major life decision, like choosing the 12 disciples, before he did that, he went where? He went in to intimacy with the Lord. So we have this word to go in. And then we have this word to go up. Up is what we did this morning. Exaltation, honor, worship. So, and then from up, then we can take our intimacy. We can take our experience and we can go out with that. And this is how you be a light to the world. In Matthew 25, it talks about lamps. Filled with oil, burning. And all the lamps start with burning. They all have oil in them to start, but only the wise bring oil with them. More oil than what they think is necessary for the night. And so to burn the flame, we need that in first. And so as a family, we're going to focus on in, then up, then out. And then when out is done, we're going to go back to... Okay, so let's try this again. After, out, we're going to go back to, and then, and then, and then, awesome. So that's the word for us as a family. And if you don't have that pattern in your life, this is why I said Sundays is not enough. Sundays is for what? Up. It's for up, and sometimes it's for out. But if your primary objective for Sundays is intimacy, You are wrong. This is the body here on Sundays. This is not the intimacy with you and the Lord. You are with the rest of the body right now. So if you think that Sundays is for your intimacy, you have been led astray. This is not your intimacy. This is where you honor and where you worship. Amen? Okay, some of you, like I know I get serious about this. I get serious about this because... Look, Matthew 25 is serious. It's serious business. It, it really clearly depicts what the Lord is going to say to you if you do not have oil. Look, I don't know about you, but I want oil. I want oil enough so that the Lord invites me in to the wedding feast. I don't want to be shut out. And I just, I'll get there. Okay, I'll get there. Okay, so in or uh, up, uh, sorry, in, up, out. In, up, out. Okay. The second word was this, and it was a prophetic dream from one of our staff. And, and I'm just going to kind of gla- glaze through it. But basically what happened in the dream is um, the staff member went into their bedroom home, or their home bedroom, sorry, and they looked on their bed. And as they looked on their bed, there were two dead people on their bed. And it was terrifying. They were like, that's disgusting, and that's, that's awful. But something rose up in, in them, and they said, like... They didn't have the spiritual strength or faith to tell the dead people to rise. And so they felt the Lord say, don't worry, worship, and pray, and go to these things first. And so they left their bedroom because they felt they didn't have the strength, and they walked out, and they walked out of their bedroom, and they were all of a sudden in this hall, this great room, and they felt the need to set up their piano and start worshiping. And so they did, and they worshipped, and they worshipped, and they prayed. And there were all of these people in the room, and they were all just yearning for worship and prayer. And so they were worshipping and worshipping and worshipping, eventually they went back into their bedroom. And when they got into their bedroom, one of the dead bodies was already to life. And then the second one sat up, still dead, looked at them, and the Spirit of the Lord spoke through the dead person and said, said this, I want to say this right. They asked the person, will you just believe? And the person said, yes, I believe. And then life came fully back into the body as well. And so the both dead bodies were risen from the dead. Amen? So we have this picture from the Lord and this clear word that worship and prayer are going to be our focus. And if you've ever studied revival, because... Let's just remind ourselves, who are we? We are the house of revival. If you ever study revival, starting in the Old Testament revival, you'll understand this. And I get some of these notes today from Mike Bickle. If you haven't heard Mike Bickle, he's the lead um, pastor or leader of um, IHOP in Kansas City. They're one of the first people, the forerunners of the bridegroom ministries and the worship and prayer ministry that's starting to just expand across the earth today. Um, And he has some great teaching on the end times, but I just want to just quickly touch on revival and some of his talk on revival and this. But he he talks about the reality that even in the Old Testament, the people of Israel experienced seven revivals, okay? Renewals, if you want to call them that, in their time, right? You read through the book of Kings and Chronicles and you read the kings and the people of Israel through generations, they didn't always do so great, right? How many people know that? Right? They raise up all of these altars to false gods and all of these things. And then a king comes along and what does that king do? They come through, they destroy the, most of the idols. Some of them didn't get and they still left some of them, but that doesn't matter. The, like, the Lord still honored them anyway. But the main thing that actually happened in those times was this. They actually resurrected the tabernacle of David. The tabernacle of David. Not the tabernacle of Moses, the tabernacle of David. And every time, you can go into your Bible, every time they take the mandate from the Lord that was given to David and to all generations, and it says in the end of Chronicles, it actually says that David says to Solomon, if you do this and your children's children will do this, then the Lord will bless us for all generations. And he's referencing what he did with the temple because when Moses built the tabernacle, okay, the tent of where they, the tent of meeting, the tent of the Holy Holies where the Ark of the Covenant is, everybody following me on this? Okay, the Ark of the Covenant's in this tabernacle, this big tent, and Moses made it, and the primary objective was sacrifice. But when David comes along, and they recapture the Ark of the Covenant, and they say, okay, we're going to bring it back to Jerusalem, and we're going to put the presence of God back in with the people, what actually happens is he rebuilds a tabernacle, a tent, and he builds it differently than Moses. They still offer sacrifices. Let's not just miss that here. They still offer sacrifices because it's the Old Testament and the Old Covenant. They have to offer blood sacrifices. But the primary objective is no longer sacrifice. It's actually a prophetic picture of what the New Covenant is supposed to look like where the presence of God is in the center and then David centers, it says in the scriptures that he centers 4,000 4,000, let me just tell you how many people are in this room, 100, 4,000 people, he says, he calls them to be worshipers day and night around the presence of God. In the end, it says there's something like several hundred, let me just pull it up, 288 that were just skilled in singing. That's twice plus the amount of people in this room who day and night were just singing to the Lord. So we have this prophetic picture, okay? And every time revival or renewal breaks out in the Israelites, they first resurrect the tabernacle of David. And they bring back worship as the center of their people. Worship to who? To the Lord, first and foremost. The other cool thing, and it says this in Amos, it talks about how in the end, the Lord will resurrect the tabernacle of David through all people. And there's two cool things that happen in the tabernacle of David. One is the worship, which is transformational. It's totally a shift of culture from Moses to David. But then second is that Jews and Gentiles alike could be in the presence of the Lord, worshiping and sacrificing to him together. That was the other big shift with the tabernacle of Moses. You couldn't have Gentiles, us. In the end, we'll see this beautiful picture of worshiping with both Jews and Gentiles, us, come on, in the presence of the Lord, okay? And that will be a sign of the end, and I believe he's establishing that on the earth. There's this cool, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to go any more into that, okay? So, there, that's kind of like the word from the lord is like old testament revival even started first with shifting how we looked at worshipping and honoring the lord okay new testament you start stu- or new covenant you start studying revivals from generation to generation if you th- anybody know the wesley brothers okay the wesley brothers were a set of revivalists and guess what one of them was a preacher and the other one was what a worship leader and he wrote songs And if you study, uh, like, so many revivalists, I could just name countless revivalists, and they'll always say in their memoirs, the most important thing was two things. First, I sent prayer leaders ahead of me. They'd go into the city. They'd meet with the little old women who prayed constantly, and they would meet for two weeks, and they would pray, and they would intercede for God's revival. And then I would bring the most anointed worship leader I could find on every revival because there was something so important about worship in the city. There was something so important about worship happening that would bring revival through the city like nothing before. And every, every revivalist, without fail, has said that about their ministry. Prayer and worship are like the foundation of revival. So as a church, we love to pray. And our, some of our expression of prayer is also through worship. That's a, a lot of our expression as a church. And that's what we feel the Lord is calling us to. That if revival is going to happen in this city, we have to hone in in our giftings. Because, look, if I stood up all of our staff here, most of us are quite skilled musicians. Actually, all of the staff are quite skilled musicians to some degree. Most of us skilled w- singers and worship leaders. Of the eight of us, like, one, two, three, four, like six of us can lead worship vocally. There's a mark on our staff team and a purpose for us where worship is the center of who we are. We're, and, and the ones who can't lead worship are excellent worshipers. You see it every Sunday. They're the ones that are first, arms raised, like faces in the ground, right? That's who we are. And it's who we're called to to come and, like, t- like to literally shepherd you, father you, mother you into this understanding. If we look at the life of David and why his heart was after the Lord's own heart, it's why, because he was a worshiper before he was a king and a leader. He was intimate. Okay, so it's it's part of our vision and our direction and everything, worship is gonna be the central hub. Right, staff? Okay, so that's where we're at, okay? So those are the two words in, up, out, and then this vision for worship and for revival coming, literally raising the dead from our worship and our prayer together. Amen? So that's where we're, we're headed. We're focused on these two words right now. And there will be a time when we, like, add to our focus. But right now, we need to just hone in on who we are. We need to get this right before we can add to this and, and move out. And we're fortunate in our community that we already have a lot of things, like, built in that we're already doing, and we're not cutting anything we're doing. Can I just say that? We're not we're not going to shift anything on you too scary, but we are going to add things because it's time. It's time. It's time for us to continue our focus and to dive deep into who we are. Amen? Okay. So, it's already 12.13, so I'm just going to jump a lot of my notes. So, I'm going... Um, Matthew 25, if you want to hear great teaching on oil, okay, the oil of intimacy, check out Mike Bickle, their whole bridegroom ministries. It's awesome, okay. Um, he's a great teacher and, and prophet um, to some degree, and um, I love his ministry and what they've done there. They've really pioneered the worship and prayer movement. So um, there, were, there are three exciting new things that we're starting this week at Haven. Not a month from now, not three months from now, this week. And they will shift our culture to be intimacy-based first, and upwards facing second, outwards third, and back to intimacy to get us going in that cycle. Because um, we desire for you to be intimate with the Lord. So um, many of you know that in this city, there is already a fantastic prayer culture. Uh, may, so many of you were actually a part of the Global Prayer House when they were a fellowship. There is this history in the city of prayer and worship at the core. And we love that, and we honor that. And what I'm about to tell you is not going to change our hearts for Global Prayer House, which is becoming YWAM Selah, if you haven't heard that. They're just in a time of rebranding, repurposing, renewed life there too. And we're so excited for them. And most of our, or many of our staff and worship leaders here partner with them or work there and actually help run their prayer house there as well. But the first thing that we're going to do in announcing to you right now is that we're going to um, start these things that will look very similar to that called devotional sets. And they'll be like a prayer set. Um, but this is about you. This is about us. This is not about anybody else in the city. The beauty of Global Prayer House, YWM Selah, is that their mission is becoming the city. So we can do this for our house and our body and still love and honour and participate in the city as well. Amen? So this is not competition. In fact, I met with um, Clark and Shelby this week, the directors at sela and we talked about this. This does not change our participation with them and our heart for them. This is about our body needs intimacy first. And we need this in our family. And so what this will look like, let me just share, if you've never been to a prayer set before, if you've never seen um, like GPH, if you've never seen Upper Room, if you've never seen uh, IHOP's culture, a prayer set is an open time. There's time slots here on the screen, okay? But it's an open time. There will be a worship leader here every time unless we're sick, but somebody will be here hosting a, a time of worship, okay? And the prayer leader's perspective is to honor and glorify the Lord. That's their job. Their job is to minister to the Lord first. And what that will do, if you've never been in that, is what it does every Sunday. It will create an atmosphere of the presence of God. And their purpose is to host the presence of the Lord and minister to the heart of the Lord every time slot so that you as a person and me as a person, because I will be here, let me tell you, I will be here many of these time slots we can actually get to step into the presence of God just like Sunday morning without even having to struggle and trial. Look, this is us saying, we want intimacy for you so badly. We are going to sacrificially give up hours of our time every week from here on out to provide a space for you to not have to struggle to get into the presence of the Lord because we care about your intimacy with the Lord and we want you to come and get some oil. Okay? And so that's what these are for. It doesn't matter if you participate with the worship leader. They're going to do their own thing. Let me just tell you if you come to one of my sets, because I'm going to lead a a couple of them, I will be doing my own thing. Okay? (laughs) I'm just telling you. Because it matters more about me offering to the Lord than what you're in. Because I believe that when I offer to the Lord, just as the Levites did that in the Old Testament, that when I offer to the Lord, you get the blessing of no struggle, of no strife to get in with the Lord. Amen? So that's what's going to happen. We're going to come and minister to the Lord. And our purpose and our hearts and our focus is just about honoring him. It's up. But you get to come in and you get to be in. Because it doesn't matter if there's one person in the room and it's just the worship leader or 100 people in the room plus the worship leader. This will not be a place to come and chat with your friends. The doors will be closed There will be coffee out there and tables, and you can go and sit and enjoy your friends out there. And the worship will be pumped through the speakers. This space will be holy ground. Amen? So we're going to start these. And again, it's not going to overlap anything that GPH is doing. It's only going to be for our house, and we'll still have Tuesday nights. That's right now what their primary focus is Tuesday nights. You'll still see me, Chris, Sarah, Amanda at, at GPH Tuesday nights, Janelle, anybody who's involved in that, like so many of our people. Um, I just want to be clear about that, and we and we really, one of the reasons why it's taken us so long to say yes to this to the Lord, is because we really wrestled with this with Him. We are not Global Prayer House. Can I just say that we're not Global Prayer House reincarnate. We're not who they were. We're not who they are going to be. We are Haven. This is our body. Okay? And this is who we're called to lead our body towards. We still love, honor, and want to empower their direction and the city's direction for revival. We are unified in that. We're not butting heads. We're not competing. Our prayer sets, we're going to try our best. But as they grow, we won't be able to help it. Because here's the thing. When revival finally hits this city in its fullness, both prayer rooms will be full no matter what hour of day, no matter what hour of night. And neither prayer room will contain the people that are looking for the intimacy of the Lord and to worship the Lord. And so we have to say yes and obey. We have to say yes and obey and do this. Amen? Amen. Okay. So that's the first thing that we're doing. And it starts this Tuesday at 11 a.m. That's my first set of the week. I'll be here at 11 a.m. And usually Amanda. But this week it'll just be me. So join us. But those are the times. And they'll be posted on our website. We're going to print this out. We're going to post it on the window. So that every time you come in here, and then we'll have signs on the doors. And as much of the time as we can, we'll try and have coffee so that you can come and just like sit and soak, okay? And just be with us, okay? Um, Just note that there is a 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. slot. Okay, it's for those of you who go to work early. We want you to be able to have this opportunity. Okay, lunchtime slot, 11 to 1 o'clock. If you have, if you're fasting, and you're not eating lunch, don't go and like come here. Just get with the Lord, right? This is for you. This is for us. Okay. The other cool thing I just want to state, I know, I know I'm taking a long time on this one thing, but it's it's a really vital part of our culture because worship is the hub. Okay. Um, the cool thing that's gonna happen, and you'll notice this, I'm just prophetically declaring to you what happens in cultures like this. What happens is that when we get it right and we worship the Lord, okay, and we honor him and we get intimate with him, Sunday mornings are no longer a struggle for you and us together to fight for the presence of the Lord to feel real. So what Sunday mornings are going to transform into over the next months and years as we fight here day to day is they're going to feel like celebrations, they're going to feel like joy, like the house of the Lord is just beaming with joy. Why? Because the hard work will be done in your secret place where it's meant to be done. And you'll fully start to r- realize why we can come in and, and, and be so vulnerable here. Because our intimacy is already done. Our Sundays are not intimacy times. They're upward times. They're celebration times. Amen. And so our culture will transform and our worship leaders will become more bold. And our times together will become like nothing you've ever experienced. Some of you have experienced stuff like we're going to experience. And I'm calling you to come back to it now. It's time. Do not delay anymore. Your intimacy is important to the Lord. It's in fact the primary importance with the Lord. Some of you, I'm just going to say this bluntly, some of you struggle, and I, here's, um, let me just caveat this first. I love the gifts of the Spirit. I love the gifts of the Spirit. I love the power of the Holy Spirit. But some of you, like me, and I'm saying this about me too, some of you forgotten intimacy, and you're struggling week in and week out, and all I hear from you is this, I just need another word. I need another prophetic word. I need it. I need, And you're hungry for somebody else's word from the Lord and not your own word from the Lord. Look, the Lord speaks to you like he speaks to Dwayne. Maybe not in the same way, but he desires for you to hear him as clearly as Dwayne does. Or Jeff, or Wendy, or name anybody in this room that you think hears from the Lord better than you. He wants to speak to you that clearly, and you don't need their word. You need this word, and you need intimacy. Like... It's just so important. Like, I I long for you to understand this in the depths of who you are. I long for you and I long for me to be refocused. That my intimacy first in the morning, like, the first thing that I try and do is to just get up early and be with the Lord in intimacy. It's not just good practice for the holiest of people in the world, it's a necessary practice for the kingdom. You want to go and celebrate with the Lord on the wedding feast? You need your oil. So get your oil, church. Get your oil. Okay? That's what this is for. Devotion. Devotional sets. That's what they're for. There's not going to be some up, somebody up here being all, like, do what we do. Okay? It's going to be more about you just getting intimate with the Lord. Okay. We do Sundays. And then, okay, here's the next thing that I, I get to announce. Every first Sunday, so the last Sunday of the month, we fast, we pray, we celebrate baptisms, we eat together, we feast. The first Sunday of the month, the next week, the next Sunday, we're going to do Captivate Nights. Okay? Captivate. What does Captivate mean? Somebody tell me. Look it up. Somebody look it up. Captivate. What does it mean? To get your soul attention on something. Here's what Captivate is. It's out. Because what we're going to do as a church is we're going to gather here on Sunday nights at 6 o'clock every first Sunday of every month. And we're going to come here and we're going to worship the Lord and we're going to have two prophetic hosts and they're going to steward the presence of the lord and we're going to bring people from the city into the presence of the lord because remember every day of the week we're going to have worship and prayer our goal is every day there's worship and prayer in this place so the presence is going to get so thick that you're going to bring the woman who came and disturbed the beginning of our service she's going to come in here and the presence is going to be so thick she won't be able to do anything but get on her face and repent and and she won't be able to do anything but come into this door and be immediately delivered because the presence of God will be so strong in this place. And so Captivate Nights is about us getting captivated by the presence of God, the holiness of God, the power of God, and bringing people into the family of God. So we are going to do two things for sure. We are going to worship, and we are going to preach the gospel. And there's going to be no other message. But there will be two people, and their primary objective will be to hear from the Lord and guide us through a night of encounter. And so if you have friends who have never encountered The real Jesus, the real Holy Spirit, the real Father, we're going to encounter him and be captivated together with, like, from him every Sunday of the first Sunday of the month. And this first one is going to be awesome, March 5th. Put it in your calendars now, 6 p.m. We have a start time. We don't have an end time. Why? Because we're not going to stop what God is doing to end on time. Get a life. We're just not going to do it. We're not going to be apologetic. We have to be so captivated with the Lord, and we want to bring people into that captivation. And so, captivate nights first Sunday, and the first one is special. We have a friend of the house coming, which we haven't met here before, but he's a friend of Jeff's. So he's a friend of the house. His name's Trevor Meyer. Okay, he was a pastor um, here in Edmonton or in Edmonton, right, Jeff? He travels the world now. He spends a lot of time with John Arnott. Um, he's a great friend of John, and we're blessed. He's going to come. He's going to preach Sunday morning. He's actually going to be at the barn Friday night, I think. Um, So that Friday night, the barn with him. And then Sunday morning, he's going to bring a word. And then Sunday night, he's going to help us host our first service, our first Captivate Nights. It's going to be insane. Like, I'm already getting jacked up because guess what? It's the the next month. It's not this night. It's next month. So guess what's going to happen for the next five weeks? We're going to worship and pray together and get intimate with the Lord. And so the presence is going to be thick, this first one. It's not, we're not messing around. It's going to be thick. So that's what that night is for. It's the out. It's a part of our out. We already do lifestyle evangelism. That's going to grow because you're going to get so excited because you're going to have so much oil in your lamps. You're going to have so much to give away. Let me just say that again. You're going to have so much oil in your lamps. You're going to burn brightly for all to see, and you're going to want to try and give it away. And that's the beauty of the Lord. You're just going to go out, and it's just going to shine brightly for all to see. And the glory of the Lord will be seen, and people will want to know you and know why, so they can get their own oil. Amen? Okay. All right. So that's Captivate Nights. Finally, the last thing that I'm going to announce today is what we're calling revival families. Revival families. Um, The 19th, after lunch, if you, maybe I'll just explain this. Revival families is a concept I prayed into for the Lord. That's one of my primary roles here is to do discipleship stuff. How do we get you guys going deeper with the Lord, okay? And as I've been praying into this for the last several months, this is one of the things that we're going to be doing towards discipleship. And here's the thing. We called it families for a reason because we are a house, amen? And this house has many families, amen? And we said, and I said this on January 1st, revival starts in the home, yeah, in the family. So what we're going to do is we're going to get families together and we're going to cultivate Revival in the family. And so what's going to happen is we're going to have these people called Revival Family Parents and Revival Family Hosts, and then we're going to join into Revival Families with these parents and these hosts, and they're going to host a meal. Here's what I wrote down. Our mission is to cultivate regular times of connection, fun, and intentionality around the table fostering families in revival. The important thing is, I want you to hear this, it's not a Bible study. It's not a small group that you've ever been to. Those are great. I'm not dissing them. We already have one that's connected with us through the barn. They do Wednesday nights. It's awesome, okay? But this is not a Bible study time. This is for you to understand and to get revelation on how to be a father and a mother from those who have gone before you. And for fathers and mothers who have gone before to share their wisdom and the fathers and mothers that are yet to come, the children, to see that. And to see your interaction in love with one another. So the, here's the thing. The table is the, the centerpiece of these events. Why? Because when we look at Jesus' ministry, he did a, most of his intentional conversations around a meal. Like most of them. Like, where he's actually, like, getting face-to-face with his disciples, there's food involved. Like, how many people, like, and I've heard this so many times, how many people can relate to this? Man, sometime in the last two years, we just forgot to eat together. We don't do that anymore in our home. Like, why? Because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. First and foremost, your family, because that's where revival starts. And so if he can get in between you and sitting face-to-face with your children, And your relatives, he can break your family apart. It's pretty tough to be in a revival when you don't even love your family. And so the table is a place where we're going to cultivate intimacy with one another. You're going to cultivate intimacy with the Lord and intimacy with one another. And you're going to grow and have models across the table of godly people. And you're going to be real. And it's all going to be organic because when you get a good meal, hallelujah, a good meal in front of you, Words come out of your mouth. Because when you get good, good food in your stomach, your guard gets down. Seriously, come on. If you've been to my house and I've cooked you a meal, that's good. You'll know that. I get your guard down. If you go to Jeff's house, Ryan's house, anybody who loves to cook, how many people love to cook? Come on, there we go. Some hosts in the room, okay? Look, like, when you sit down at the table face to face and you start eating and you're like, oh, this is good. Guess what happens? You're like, hey, this is really good. What do you do? What do you put in this? How do you make this? Conversation starts. No way. You like sports? I like sports. You like this? I like that. And relationship happens. And guess what? You're looking face to face, face to face. And that's how discipleship really happens in relationship. Amen, Pastor Jeff. In relationship. So if if you want to be a family parent. Fathering and mothering your, your revival family. If you want to be a revival family host, you just have to open your home. You don't even have to cook a meal. But you, you might just love having a, an atmosphere of comfortability, of relaxing, of peace, of gentleness, whatever it is. That's all you have to do. You, you just, like, that's what a host is going to do. You're just going to open your home. okay? And the parents, you don't have to open your home. You're just going to show up and enjoy the meal or maybe help contribute to the meal in a potluck or something like that. And you're just going to c- cultivate a family That talks and prays for one another. You don't have to worry about, I have to be holy and like lead this Bible study and make sure I get my theology. No, don't worry about that. This is about family. Okay? Amen? So these are the three things. There are more things coming, let me tell you. But like, we can't, we can't, we gotta just, we're getting run in. Amen, Jeff? We're getting run in here. And so these are the first three things we're giving to you and that we're gonna be a part of. We're just so excited. How many people are excited? Look, it's going to shift you if you let it. That's the key. If you let it shift you, it will. And it needs to. We want it for you. We want you to be changed. And we want all of Medicine Hat and please, Lord, all of Canada to know him again. Like, Lord knows we need it in this country. Amen? Okay, let me pray for you. Jeff, do you have a word after that? You're sitting there like maybe, no? Okay, all right, I'm going to pray for you and let you go. And maybe I'll see you Tuesday at 11 a.m., maybe not. Maybe I'll see you Thursday at 6 a.m., maybe not. Or whenever else they're happening. But we love you. Lord, I just thank you for this family. Lord, I thank you for your word to to these staff here. Lord, I thank you that you are calling us for a a season of fresh wind, of fire, of as this morning, of new life in springtime. It's always like springtime with you. That's how the song goes. Making all things new, Lord, make us new. Make our hearts tender again, Lord. May our affection be turned towards you again, Lord so that our heart can be abandoned for anything else but you.